Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Metcalf, doing good today. Um, it is June 7th when we're recording this. That means we're almost two weeks away from the NBA draft, ladies and gentlemen. It is getting crazy around here. So um, I'm doing pretty good today, Metcalf. You know, just kind of dealing with some some life chaos, but um, also got some big board thoughts in my head, some mock draft thoughts in my head, and I'm excited to be talking some some more hoops with you. How are we doing, Metcalf? How how's everything going? Are we we holding up? Are we in one piece? The, the yeah. fans are asking me, and I don't have <laughs> answers, so you got to talk to them. <laughs> All right, the 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 early support for the draft guide has been overwhelmingly positive. I just I, we love all of you. I we we cannot state that enough, or more emphatically, uh, we we truly appreciate every ounce of support we've gotten. Uh, the draft is 16 days away. That is wild um summer league is in a month i don't i don't know what's happening that father time is just accelerating his clock and i do not appreciate it um but before we got on here you 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 had a little vent session because you know just life life happens so hopefully we can have a little bit of fun today um and to do that we're gonna cap off our our top 10 list we did top 10 point guards top 10 wings and you know now we got rounded out with top 10 bigs so with the first overall pick who is your top big in the 2022 nba draft class so for everyone listening we're saying bigs are for this category we're gonna say bigs are forwards and centers so we're Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit we're not just going you know center power forward we're mixing it bigs that's that's the era of basketball we're in right now they're they're all considered big so I'm doing it. I, you know, I took, I took Jabari in the, in the mock draft. I'm not doing it now. I'm, I'm going to take Chet Holmgren as my number Good. one big, um, the thin man, as I call him, everyone's scared of the frame, but I absolutely love everything I've seen from Chet all year. I think me and you have had him number one on our big board all season. Yep. Um, I'm still going to be shocked if, if Orlando goes another route, even though I love Jabari, I love Paulo, but man, I, I just keep watching Chet. And and it's just fun. I, I, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does at the next level because I still think we've all been fascinating about how good of a shot blocker and defensive weapon he is this year. But I think there's going to be some some offensive upside and ability shown at the next level that uh, we're not prepared for. What are you thinking, Metcalf? Are you still just lock solid on Chet um, at the top? Yeah, and I, I I'm all in on him still. It was that way at the start of the season. It's that way now. He's done nothing this entire season to you know deter me from that stance. Um, the the rim protection, it's it's special. It's the best out of a draft prospect since Anthony Davis, um, and it, it's really absurd. And then he moves well um offensively i completely agree with you i think we're just scratching the surface of what he is and he took on a lesser role than you know we would expect of someone from his you know caliber coming out of high school and he was just kind of a piece on offense and you know i i think some people view that as oh he was just he just did the minimal amount because that's all he's capable of and i view it as more 
no, that's all he did because that's what he was asked to do by his coaches and his teammates. And that's a testament to who he is as a player and how he contributes to winning basketball. Um, you know, I, I, I just still laugh that we still get all these arguments about, oh, well, he's skinny. He's going to he's gonna snap in half in the NBA. Not really. The dude's tough. The, the guy battles. If he was soft, if he played soft, I would get it. I would be concerned right there with you. But the guy battles on every possession. He knows exactly who he is as a player. And I would love for someone to point out one significant injury that he's had in his career. Um, because I keep seeing all these injury concerns, and I get it. There's more games. There's more wear and tear on the body. There's all that stuff. There's also better training staffs. There's also better rehab uh, you know, capabilities and ways that these guys can take care of their bodies in the pros. So this guy is, he's always had this frame. This is always who he's been. He's never had a major injury. I'm not going to worry about it until we see it. I think you're spot on. I, I, it, 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 I would be so quick if he was a soft, thin guy, like if he was a thin yeah. guy that played the yes. game soft, I'd be so quick to be like, I'm out. I, I, cause it's just the biggest, it's one of those things where, if if you play soft and you're skinny, it's it's a terrifying combination. But if you're if you're skinny and you can bring it and and be tough and physical and not back down from anyone, you have that mentality. I'm buying in on that because you're gonna put on some some weight. You're gonna be ready for punishment at the next level. And it's like you're saying, it's not like this guy's been an injury prone star. Like he he's been healthy. He's he's held his ground when it comes to keeping his physical shape. His his health on a, on a right level. So, um, man, I just feel like we've talked the same thing about Chet all dang year. And I understand everyone now that's like the late crowd that's jumping mm-hmm. in to really obsessed with the drafts. Like, welcome. We've missed you. Like join us earlier next year, but <laughs> Chet just, you know, he, he's going to be good. I, I'm, I'm convinced he's going to be a factor at the next level. And, and I do think this is the time of the year. It's like, we need to find a new path. We've been talking about how he's skinny for six months and more. And, and no one else can come up with a legitimate argument against him being awesome. It's no, the only it, argument I ever yes. see is he's skinny. Tell me and something if you, else. If someone tells me something else, I'll be like, let's talk. Like yes. I'll gladly sit down with you and talk for an hour if you want, because it's just, I love that stuff. I love going the different route. Like, yes, you don't think he, you thought he should have been a better passer. Awesome. Let's talk about it. You thought right. that he should show some more on offense. Great. You think he should, you know, be a little quicker to def- defending the wings or something. Yes. Let's talk about it. It's if you just go, Hey, skinny. I'm like, cool. I don't, you must be really fun at parties. Like that's exactly <laughs> what my first thought is. And um, I don't know. See, now we went into a rant for seven minutes about Chad. No, but, but, but it's, it's important because not, not quite yet. Cause I have, yeah. a, I have a little rant of my own. <laughs> no, but it, it's important because, the, the skinniness only matters if it affects how he plays. Yes. And it doesn't. He doesn't no. try to overpower people on offense. He doesn't try to out-muscle out guys on defense. He uses his length. He knows exactly who he is. He knows he's skinny. He knows he's lanky. He knows the guys are going to come at him and move him. He doesn't back down. He just positions himself and ushers them to where he wants them to go so that they have no shot and he can block whatever shot they do get off. It's not a matter of oh, this guy's skinny and he plays soft and he's hurt all the time. If that was the case, yeah, forget it. I'm out. He doesn't do any of that. He's healthy. He's agile. He has incredible length. He knows exactly who he is and he plays to his strengths. He doesn't try to do things that his body will not allow him to do. Well, and everyone was 
it was like the tournament game where they were playing against Memphis and Jalen yeah. Duran, and everyone's licking their chops like, this is it. This is the game that Chet's going to look bad. And then he had that one play where Duran just beasted him. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, there it is. And then he also had two plays where Duran like tried to overpower him and Chet blocked his shot. And I was like, yes, that's just like, I could live with that. It's going to be fine. Like what Duran's 60 or 70 pounds heavier than him. And and still Chet's like, okay, fine. But um, for anyone that didn't see the Portland blazer or trailblazers photo of Duran working out, it looked like my man put on another 20 pounds of muscle. So he looks like a horrifying figure but we'll get to that later <laughs> um but yeah I, I i just now i'm fired up we we had the yeah. chat therapy to start this one off i thought we, this was behind us but you know that's that's why we love to do the podcast folks no. because well, we, we got out the we, best of this. we got at least 16 more days of chet is skinny leading <laughs> into all of the nba fans who didn't pay any attention to the draft being like who's this skinny guy and then yeah. we get to well, do that's, it all we're over here again. for them we're here for them <laughs> we're, we're gonna help them out for a while welcome to welcome to class okay metcalf <laughs> All right, we, we got to move on. Um, all right, number two, there are two obvious names that I could go with. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who's been number two for me for most of the season, Jabari Smith. Um, just an elite shooter, elite defender. I wrote about his defensive footwork at the very beginning of the season over at NoSealingsNBA.com. It's completely free. Feel free to subscribe while you're there. Um, he's I, – I love this dude. Um I just because I don't have him at number one does not mean I don't love this dude. I love the fire and competitiveness that he plays with. His defensive versatility, I think, is really legit. Uh, the way he gets down in a low defensive stance is incredible for someone his size and how quickly he moves and reacts and adjusts his feet and is always on balance. It's incredible. Um, I don't love the lack of rim protection necessarily, but. You know, maybe some of that was due to the fact that he was playing with one of the best rim protectors in college basketball history in Walker Kessler. So I, I'm willing to, you know, have my opinion swayed significantly on that based on what we see in the pros. Offensively, just the best shooter in this class. And it's that simple. Um, at 6'10", perfect shooting mechanics, uh, versatile shooter. He can't I, – I worry about the the ball handling um, – but with how tough his shot is to contest, how consistent his mechanics are, and how easily he gets into those jab step, one, two dribble pull-ups, I'm not I don't think it's gonna be a huge issue. It may limit him from becoming an all-star MVP candidate, but I don't think it's gonna make him a non-factor on offense. He's fascinating because now I'm at the point of the year where I just start watching all those guys again to nitpick just to see if something else like jumps at me at the last second. Um, Cause I feel pretty good about like, all right, I'm, I'm almost, I'm at the home stretch of my evaluations. Um, if I'm not done with most of them, but um, I watched him the other day and two things jumped at me. And one, I'm still trying to figure out how to word it the right way. So just bear with me when I go down this, it was offensive side of the ball. The handle, the handle and some passes he makes definitely like they just need improvement, but I think it's going to come. So like, I don't, I don't think the handle is as miserable as some people will hint, but it does need work. If that makes sense, you know, mm -hmm. um, something that's th jumped out at me. And like I said, bear with me for everyone listening and Metcalf because Metcalf's smarter than me when it comes to dissecting this stuff. But I try to explain what I see. It's just sometimes I can't say it out loud. So just bear with me. It's he has a good first step, but I feel like the second step he doesn't know where to go with it. Like hmm. the speed, it's like almost coming to neutral on the second step. 
when he's like taking someone off the bounce. So I'm like, okay, well, he has that quick first step, but I feel like when he puts it on the floor and then gets to that next one, it's almost like it's like going from 100% to 50%. And I don't know if it's, I don't know what to do with the ball next, or I don't know if it's just like the, his length and frame and maybe like the lower body isn't catching. It's weird, but I watched it and I was like, why is that jumping at me? And it's, I saw it over and over and over again. And it was a lot of times where guys would catch up to him. And still sometimes he was like pulling the shot. Cause he was just like, right. Oh, I'm taller. I'm fine. But <laughs> um, it also like created some of the handle problem. Cause I was like the first step gets somewhere. And then I feel like he short strides the second step. I don't know. So the, it was, it was maybe like the bend, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the bend of like the, mm-hmm. what's the fancy word that Corey always throws around at no ceilings <laughs> that I, it's like health and body and bit, whatever. So yeah. Um, but that's me overthinking. And then I watched him on the defensive side of the ball and I was like, I swear I become more impressed with Jabari defensively with the upside yeah. than just the three point shooting. I feel like the defense is a legit, like, oh my it's goodness. Scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, the, the, like the, this dude's going to be on multiple all NBA defensive teams. I feel that way. And I feel yeah, like we, so everyone's I. hammering the three point shooting. And I'm like, we need to talk more about yeah. the defense. The defense is what gets me rolling with Jabari is the, the versatility, the switchability he's going to offer. Yeah. Cause he has lightning quick feet and um, his hands. He's very active with his hands. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the hands are always out. They're always yes. probing. They're 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 up. They're digging at the ball. They're always disruptive. And I mean, he's his defensive. Team, he's in like an, his knees are bent at like ninety degrees the entire freaking time. And he's six ten. It's like what the fuck is? And this? that's what's that's what confused me with the offense because I was like. He's so bendy and movie on. Uh, so I was like, what? I don't know. I mean, yeah, he no, also so, just might be so, figuring it out offensively still. Yeah. So to circle back to that second step and what he actually does off the dribble. Do you think that's just a symptom of him not having confidence in his handles right now? I think it is. And and I think that's where I'm trying to come back to is I think it's creating the problems with his handles because he doesn't know what to do. So, because I think he's very, gosh, see here in my, I'm in my own head now and this is a dark place. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Um, (laughs) I think he doesn't know what to do. So he, he like freezes and that's where everyone can smother him and he, and he catches up, but it's fixable because if he, if he develops his counters, his handles, then that could go away because he's going to be like, I'm way more confident now. Now I have a mission where I'm attacking, but it also turned to like, you could see this year when he, people came up to him, he's like, I'm six ten, and my shots, you know, makes me six or seven two because it's so high. So whatever I could shoot this, but I love Jabari. And, yeah. and that's where I'm getting at is like, the more I watch him, the more I'm like, I get it. And it, it's not just the three point shooting. Like um, we're going to have some fun graphics going up on our social media where I'm putting stats together, com- comparing all of like the, the forwards and by positional rankings and um, in front of me, you know, like Jabari's one of the best free throw shooters and from a forward position, one of the best three point shooters. Like th- it's, it adds up. You keep seeing it all over the place, but I think the defense needs some more attention because it is woo, it is fun when you're watching the tools shine on the court. You're like, this could be horrifying. So yeah. I'll shut so, up. So, so, no, so, sorry to, <laughs> to circle back to the ball handling yeah. for the third time, but kind of similar to Chet where the only weakness everyone points out is 
the skinniness. Yeah. The only big concern that I really see with Jabari is the ball handling. And right. I get that because if you're going to view this guy as a 6'10 wing slash forward MVP candidate, you want the dude to be able to get create his own shot by more than just one or two dribbles. Um, how easy do you think it is to really improve the ball handling? Because I, I keep seeing mixed reports on that as I, and I, I, I'm not a coach. I, so I don't really know. I know Paul George is kind of the poster boy of like the outlier improvement from college to where he is now. That's not the norm. I'm not saying it is, or should be the expectation, but how, realistic or you know how improvable is that skill do you think i i think it's going to depend on obviously like what type of player he's going to be when it comes to like his role at the next level like if they're going to be throwing the ball on the wing and being like create your own shot um even though he might be playing like a a power forward definitely it's going to need a lot more work because he's going to be getting wings guarding him stuff like paul george was the outlier um jalen brown was on that path like Jalen Brown struggled in the playoffs, yeah. but it's remarkable how much better he was mm-hmm. than from Cal uh, when he's in college. So I think it'll get better. Um, it's just like he, he needs to get it to a point where it's just not a glaring like target for defenses where they're they're going all over him because he has some versatility when it comes to like face up game too. Like I know yeah. he has like the lowest two point field goal percentage or whatever from like a potential top 10 pick, whatever the shark said on the ringer show. Um, that's alarming, but I also think there's plenty of tools that just need to be like ironed out and developed a little bit more. Um, so I think he'll get there. I think, uh, there's, I still love all the tools. The one thing he does need to work on besides the handling is he has some decisions that are like, like, yeah. whoa, what did you like? It's just errant, like brain farts. The problem is, is there's more than a couple. Like there's right. like some where you're like, you know, he's taking the ball, he gets a defensive rebound and throws it to a guy. And it's like, there's a glaring defender running right there. And the guy just takes it and goes up for light. When you're like, what was that? And, and it's just, he's got to eliminate those little mistakes. But um, I think he'll improve the handles. I don't think it's going to be something where it's like, oh my gosh, he's, he can't play him. Because right. it's just bad. He's just got to have to spend some time to slowly carve it out. Right. Perfect. And number three, who you got? Um, we really went crazy with. Or uh, I hope Orlando Magic fans are pleased. Um, <laughs> number three, I'm 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 gonna go Paulo. Yeah, you have to. It, I have to do it. Um, one, I know, your, I, I know your heart doesn't want to, but <laughs> my heart doesn't want to, but my head wanted to. Um, no, I mean, I, I've been a little tougher. I have Paulo number two. I feel pretty good about number it three. as much as I love Jabari. Um, Paulo impressed me a lot in the second half of the year, um, especially with the playmaking, the patience. I thought the patience was the biggest thing that swung my opinion about him is, is he, he waited for his shot to create. Like he waited for it to develop. Instead, in the beginning of the year, I thought he was rushing every wide open three he had. He was like, I'm taking it. Second half of the year, it was... I have this, but if I take someone off the dribble, use one spin dribble, I have a wide open layup. And I thought the playmaking really shined the second half of the year. I still think he's going to be, you know, he's probably going to have a chance to be in the hunt for rookie of the year, just because I think he's going to have the chance right away to be an offensive force. So um, are you worried defensively or do you feel better than a lot of people out there? 
Is, are we at the point, Metcalf, where it's everyone has one thing they want to stay with with the top three? It's Chet, Skinny, oh. Jabari's handles, and Paula's defense. Is that where we're at now? So I know we've my been big, there. <laughs> we've been there, but I'm trying to educate the public. Is that why everyone right now is like, well, yeah, know. so and I, I still have a couple things with Apollo that I worry uh-huh. about. And, you know, that's it's wild that a guy of his size and skill is third on my board. I, yeah. I know it feels wrong. Um, I don't hate the defense as much as other people. Um, I think his on-ball defense is actually kind of fine. I think he moves his feet pretty well and can stay with some players. It's the off-ball stuff where he just completely falls asleep. Um that worries me more. And I, at this point, I just don't really have any expectations for him defensively. So it's like, if he sucks as a defender, I'm going to be like, okay, cool. If he's okay or league average, I'm going to, oh, okay, that that's, that that's a plus. My bigger concern with him is that he has this tendency to disappear and to coast and someone of that size, that skill, that ability, that athleticism should never vanish from a game and you know there's this stretch in like is january or february i think it was january where you know is like for an entire month he was sub 40 percent from the field and almost sub 30 from three and it's just like you're just kind of going through the motions here man and that was my big concern with him coming out of high school coming out of high school, I was willing to give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt because he was, his team was frequently up like 30 or 40 points in the second half because he was a freak and, you know, they're like little toddlers swiping at the ball when he has it. And he's just out there trying different shit. So I was like, okay, whatever you're bored. This game's over. You're just going through the motions. Hopefully this doesn't translate. And it kind of did for not all of the season, you know, down, down the stretch and like the in tournament play, it looked a lot better. He was taking control of games but there would be still just like large chunks of games where he just was on the floor, but he wasn't doing anything. And for someone who is as skilled a ball handler and scorer in the mid range and interior as he is. And I love his passing. I think his passing is incredible. That shouldn't happen. So that that's my bigger, bigger concern with him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny when you look at his numbers throughout the year, because um, I, I mean, you look at his splits. What do I got? I got, he starts out the year eight games in the month of November. He's averaging 17.8. Uh, where are we at? 17.8, 7.2 rebounds and 1.9 assists with shooting splits of 50, 33 and 83. And then you get to like, <laughs> it's just funny looking at all these tracks. Like it, it's, you get to, I'll just go to March, like nine games in March. He He's 18.4, 6.7, and 3.9 with shooting mm-hmm. splits of 53, 41, and like 65. But yeah. I, I mean, I'm not worried. The free throw percentage was solid for the majority of the year. Yeah. But you just see that jump in, in assists, like almost, you know, three, point, three assists or two assists more per game. Right. It's just a completely different player. Because yeah. it was just like he was being patient. He was being selective. He's letting the offense and, and the game come to him. Um, but the one month you're talking about, he had a month where, you know, he shot 29% from three. Yeah. And, and it was it, it was like ugly. Like he was putting up some some rough numbers when it came to shooting. Um, 35% from the field that month. That's bad. So, yeah. yeah, it's not good. But then he, he hit a light switch and all of a sudden he was shooting, you know, 
53% in March and April, you had one game yep. and uh, 47%. So I thought you just saw like growth throughout the year. You saw sure. all of a sudden just like, okay, like I got a little bit more feel for the game, the game's slowing down. And I still think like if he went to somewhere where like Houston with Jalen green, just Jalen green's pumped and probably possessed for a year too. Yeah. Paulo could see that and, and they're buddies apparently. And Paulo that rubs off on him. Then like, that's going to be the best for both of them because I think Paulo will lock in. I think the defense I'm right there with you. I think he's a little bit better post defender than some, yeah. like he can hold his own for sure. I think he'll be fine on the wing. I, I think he's going to have some growing pains because every top recruit that gets punched in the mouth when all of a sudden they were like, Oh, I have to guard Paul George on a switch. Great. Here we go. Right. Or, you right. know, that, that doesn't so, go well for anyone. Yeah. And it never does. And that's why we're always criticizing these guys. And I'm like, Hey, Chet's going to struggle with some point guards too. Like it's yep. going to happen. Chris Paul is going to have a fun year, even though he's like 58 years old and running a pick and roll. And he's going to be like, come on out, Chet. Welcome to the league. Yeah. Like just happens. So, um, yeah, go ahead, Metcalf. Take him. I know you're going to do it. Just, just get it over with. Yannick and no, I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> I'd, I'd actually quit. I'd actually quit. I'd drop those ceilings. Everything. I would do it. And so at number four, it's got to be Keegan Murray. Um, uh, my boy. And I, I understand that he's geriatric at this point, but um, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I don't get the age argument because it's just another big leap in his development process. Um, He just executes everything at a high level. None of it's flashy. None of it is, you know, it's not going to drop your draw, but it's just constant execution on both ends of the floor that leads to winning basketball. Um, I get why people aren't necessarily all in on him because he's kind of, you know, I, I don't mean this as a comp or as an insult, it should be a compliment, but he's kind of a boring player. And yes, it's, it's just, it, I've said it four months ago. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's all right. I'm going to hit you with a mid range pull up here. I'm going to hit you with a kick out there. I'm going to move my feet and heavily contest your shot and then grab the rebound there. So, you know, it's just one of these guys who knows how to play the game. He knows how to make his team better. And he just, is calm and composed and just never rushed. So it's, he's just a really impressive player. He's boring. That's why everyone doesn't like him. And yeah. I'm telling you, I, I've been hammering that for everyone that's listened all year. Everyone knows how I feel about Keegan. And it's not just like in the beginning of the year, I was in love with them. Beginning of the year, I was puzzled because I was like, why does no one want to talk about Keegan Murray? What is it? Mm-hmm. So like I took the challenge on, I was like, I'm gonna watch him. And I watched him so thoroughly. And I was like, he's boring. That's why yeah. no one wants to talk about him because he's boring as hell. Like he, there is nothing exciting about Keegan Murray highlights, and I love the highlights. And there's nothing exciting because it's lulling you to sleep. He's lulling defenders to sleep patiently. He backs him down. He backs him down. He hesitates one way, backs him down, and then he throws a little sky hook. And it's like, man, it's boring watching that. And it's like, yeah, but it's awesome because it's just a technician yeah. going to work. Like he's punching the clock every possession. So I get it. I understand why everyone's like, hey, he's older. His upside is not high. And I'm like, this dude can play. He's going to be good. It's just we're bored. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Tim Duncan effect. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, we were bored watching Tim Duncan until we all realized, like, this dude is a machine. <laughs> like, he's shooting bank shots left and right, just putting up 20, 25 and fit five blocks. Like, I love him. Um, I, I just 
just keep confirming it. Every time I watch him, I'm like, this dude beat you so many different ways. And then yeah. all of a sudden he gets, they're running him off, you know, pin downs and he's, he's coming down for fucking threes, five feet beyond the arc off catch and shoot with momentum going the other way. I'm like, it's gonna be a power forward doing this. Like I, I just, and he's not a small forward. Everyone else thinking that yeah, like, no, no, <laughs> no, he's not a small forward. So I mean, but I mean, I was like, I was saying we're gonna have all those stat graphics, and I was doing them last night just the forwards, and he's like top four every single one. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like uh 55.4% field goal percentage. That's second. I'm doing these like off of our big board rankings and stuff. So like um fourth, three point percentage, 39.8. Um, his PER is 37.8. That's first, second, Tari Eason. True shooting percentage, 63.8. Like, it, it's just, I also thought his usage was going to be a lot higher. He was fourth. So, hmm. interesting. But I just love him. And I, I think there's buzz about Detroit. Loving him at five. I I can see it. You know, go back and listen to the pods. I, I predicted that <laughs> once. Everyone called me a bad man. They called <laughs> me a bad man. All right. I'm sorry, Metcalf. I had to get that out. It feels good. No, I, 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 no, that was good because... <laughs> I, at the start of the year, I was hesitant to buy in. Yeah. yeah. Because you're still was, a little bit, right? He was putting up obscene numbers. Yeah. But the competition was like barely D1 program. So I'm like, all right, this dude's just stat padding, like whatever, like wait until he plays someone. And then he played a lot of people and he kept doing it. Obviously yeah. not the same obscene, obscene levels, but it was still, you know, some of the best in the country. So it's like, what else do we want this guy to do? And you know, when just kind of thinking about scouting him, I remember watching him last year when he was with Luca Garza and Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp were obviously the stars of that Iowa team. But everyone was like, God, this Keegan Murray kid's athletic. He's good. Like, this guy's going to be fun next year. It's like, he's a guy to keep an eye on. And then he takes that leap and everyone's like, "Ah, eh, he's old. He sucks. What do we want from these guys who go back and they show us what they what we want them to show us and then we denigrate them for it? What what are they supposed to do besides be absolutely perfect? And Keegan was damn near perfect all season. Month of February, 25.9 <laughs> points, 9.2 rebounds, 1.9 blocks, 58% from the field, and 43% from three. And if that wasn't good enough, he follows it up with a, a March, which was 52, 50, 87 shooting splits while averaging 24.1 points per game. I, I understand why people jump at the age factor, but I'm not going to watch the NBA finals game three. And every time someone makes a bucket go, he's 25, he's, <laughs> he's 28 years old. No, what I mean, franchises are looking at these guys to say, how old is he going to be when he's his third contract? How old is it going to be down the road? And if, and if you're getting to, to a it, third contract, it's a success. Yes. <laughs> I don't care how old you are. If I draft you and you get to a third contract, that's a damn good draft pick. Like, I'm going to be pumped up about that. So, um, man, we are fucking fired fire. up this episode. <laughs> we're, letting, we're letting some demons out. <laughs> I mean, I, but I just think he's going to be a guy. Like, also, the way Keegan plays, he could be a guy that plays lengthy into his career. This mm-hmm. could be a guy that's playing in, into his mid-30s at a high level because that's just how he is. He's he's a technician down low. He can shoot the ball from deep. It's like he's not 
you know, trying to dunk on everyone in the world. Like he's a, he's a technician. So I don't know, man, just let's keep rolling. Who's up me? Yeah. You at five. I'm I let out some, to see where you go here. I really let out some demons there. I just want to get to that point and then I'm done with the podcast for the rest of the year. Um, wow. Here we go, folks. Yeah. Welcome to. Wow. Um, <laughs> I want to do it, but I, are you going to piss off all of draft Twitter apparently, or I'm going to go, uh, Jeremy Sohan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm buying, I'm, I'm drinking a little of the Kool-Aid lately, Matt Metcalf, because I'm starting to envision him with teams fits. So I'm, I'm starting to look at teams now and I'm starting to think of like, oh, if he goes there. Like it started when I started thinking like, what if he goes to New Orleans? And then I started like thinking of like, oh man, like the versatility they'd have with that roster where, you know, maybe they play Zion, maybe Zion's healthy. They play him at the five and Sohan's next to him and they just get weird with Herb Jones in there too and Ingram. So then I'm like, my thoughts running of like, whoa, that's a fun develop. And then I just start thinking like, San Antonio could like him. So, and then you just start watching his film again. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like the versatility defensively, the playmaking upside. I still believe the shot will come. He plays hard. Um, he, 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 he can be a force on the boards. Like I wanted to go a couple different directions here, but I, I think I'm buying it. And, and I'm, I'm starting to get a little, I'm getting the late rush with him. Like I'm getting the late, like intrigue. Where where are you at? I I really like him. I, I really like him. I still have I, I have him too low right now. I do I too. I do. I, I do too. At 16. Okay. I, I think I have him. We just did our updated big board. So me and Metcalf are spilling our individual rankings now. Where did I have him? I had him at four, 14? 14. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I get the intrigue. I or I love the versatility. I think he's going to be an incredible defender. Yeah. Um. My thing with him is I don't think he's one of these guys that makes a bad team good, but I think he helps propel a good team to great. And I know that feels like an oxymoron. But no, it's he's, perfect. But say he's it one again. Of these... Say it again. That's a really. I'm serious. I'm not trying to be a jerk here. You need to say that again because that's a really important thing to also look at prospects. Yeah, and well, so I I don't think he's going to make a bad team good, but I think he will make a good team great. Yes. And I worry about where that first landing spot is a little bit for him because if they are asking him to do that, to elevate them out of the lottery, I'm not sure that's what he will be best at. I love the defensive versatility. I think he's going to be a monster defensively. Um, I love the the passing, the off-ball movement, the creativity on offense. I worry about the shot, though. Um, I, I thought the shot was kind of rough. What encouraged me about it was that he was at least willing to shoot. Um, and I think that's a big thing. Um, I think there are a lot of overhauls in his mechanics that kind of need to go into place. What exactly? I'm not sure because I'm not a shot doctor. So I could be completely wrong on this. But I think it's going to need a lot of work. And if that never comes around... I worry about what that upside is. If if he does hit that upside, though, he's he's going to be nasty. 
and I, I really like him if he lands in the right spot. Uh, you, you said San Antonio earlier. I love that landing spot for him, just the way they move the ball, the way they focus on defense and how that generates their offense. I think a culture like that with, and even like New Orleans, who has that incredible shooting coach, I'm, I am I, I would love that for him um, because I think he would need that, and I think he just elevates whatever rotation he's in. Yeah, I mean... I, I couldn't be more in agreement. He's he's fascinating because draft night, we're going to know if we love the fit or not. Like, yeah. right away, I'm going to be like, yes. Like, that's exactly where he needed to go. Like, if he goes to New Orleans, I'm going to be like, woo, okay, here we go. Like, that fit is great. If he goes to someone like San Antonio, I'll be pumped up too. Um, OKC was – he's been rumbling like OKC wants him. I don't know if I'm believing that because that's not very OKC-like to all of a sudden have a leak this – you know, far away. Right. So that could be a very smoky rumor, but I would still love that if they somehow got Chet at two, that's what you're talking about. Like that would be a fit where it's the team has a lot of offense and stars, but he's helping that team move in the right direction. But if he goes to somewhere like Portland where they need him to be a weapon that could get ugly because I still think he needs to be that. He needs to be a, like a complimentary plus where it's like, he really is a nice piece to have defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate saying this, and I'm not saying he's this player. Oh, no, you're going to say his name. Yeah, I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm saying it's it's the how he is with this team. Yeah. Like Draymond. Yeah. And he's not Draymond at all, but he needs to be that for the next team where it's yes. like he's the enforcer. He's the defensive lockup guy. He's playing – crunch time minutes for new Orleans. Like even if he's not scoring because they have CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram, that's what I'm just saying. Um, you know, in, in so many ways, what Marcus smart is for the Celtics, like stuff like that. You have that guy that isn't the offensive focal point, but he is the grinder. He gets energy plays. He's tough. He, he brings the mentality. So, um, I don't know. I, I was getting at the point where I don't want to piss Knicks fans off, but I wouldn't. I'd be like, eh, if you went to the I, Knicks, I'd be like, what's I, going I, I wouldn't on? like that. I wouldn't love him in Indiana, although the, just like the, the the feel of that team with him and Halliburton yeah. could be fun. It makes um, some sense, and I'm a little nervous because I saw Indiana's name. I was like, oh boy, that makes some sense, especially <laughs> if he's getting top ten buzz. But I also don't love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Go ahead. Where are we at? We're at number six. Uh, so Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bancaro, Keegan Murray, Jeremy Sohan are all off the board. Um, I'm just going to go with the biggest up, upside play with Jalen Duran. Um, wow, I thought you might have gone somewhere else. No, Interesting. no. So I, I, I have them back to back. I'm I'm pretty confident. I know who you're talking about, but I, 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 I still think we forget how freaking young Duran is. Um, are, this kid. Are you this, buying back in? You're get, you're getting. You're getting the late rush, aren't you? No, I, I I've had him at like right around ten all season, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's at ten right now. I don't really see my lottery changing a ton up until you know, however many more of these we do. But I just think it's so important to remember. I I don't like factoring in age a ton, but this kid should have been a high school senior last year. He should be going into his freshman year of college this year, and he's going into the pros. And I think the fact that he's built like an Adonis 
makes a lot of people forget that. And he is one of the most physically impressive prospects in recent years. Um, and he showed meaningful improvement throughout that season. I thought uh, the first three, four of his season I thought was a disaster and that Memphis situation was probably one of the worst he possibly could have played in uh he needs a point guard I don't think he's a ton more than a rim running guy on offense um I worry about that he can't really create his own shot but some of the passing flashes were really encouraging and then interior defense I think he's got incredible rim protection upside um, but me and you have talked about it a lot. I don't think he's anywhere near as switchable or mobile on the perimeter as a lot of people try to make him out. Um, but it, it's the age and the athleticism upside with him that it, it's it could be really special. Yeah, I, I, I it's one of those lurking in the back of my head where I'm like, Come on. He showed some signs throughout the year. He did everything you wanted him to do. He's one of the youngest guys. He's a freak of nature. He's, uh, he just keeps trending the right way where I'm like, I got him lower than I feel like I should. Where did I have him? I had him at 11. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fine with that ranking, but I also am like, he's going to go in the top 10. Someone's going to yes. buy. And, and it's just funny. Cause let, now Portland posted that video of him working out and he looks like a, the incredible Hulk. And now everyone's like, well, interesting Portland, huh? And then Gavoni posts the mock draft today on ESPN. And it was like, perfect need Jalen Duran to the Blazers. And I was like, Gavoni, easy. <laughs> a storm up. I don't know. I, I just, I get it. I, I, mm-hmm. we've been saying this the whole time. It's like, I, I some NBA front office is going to watch this kid in an open gym and be like, my goodness, look at this. And, and he does look like he put on another 15 pounds of muscle. I mean, he, the dude looks, it's absurd. He looks like he's going to lift a building. I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe that's been his off season training program. He's just yeah, literally buildings. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what it looks like. So I, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by him. I still think the youth just keeps coming around to me. And I know we talked about Keegan Murray earlier where we're like, oh, his age, blah, blah, blah. But this is a different story when it's – this is supposed to be a freshman this year. <laughs> he just he just is now getting ready for – he's going to be 18 when he plays his first NBA game. He's going to be yeah. 18 years old. So, I mean – well, and, and he showed improvement throughout the year, which is a yes. big thing for me, where his defensive awareness improved, his passing improved, his ability to score improved, his motor improved, you know, not not drastically in some cases, but it, there were steps in the right direction. And the fact that he showed that improvement at such a young age in such a horrible situation, and he's 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 a guy who needs a point guard. That's all it is. And he didn't have God knows he didn't have one, but the fact that he was in that situation at that age and showed steps in the right direction, I think is really important for me. Yeah. I mean, if he's at Duke instead of Mark Williams, are we talking about him as a top six pick? Like, I I mean, we never know because that's how brutal his, his year was with Memphis. Like, If you watched the beginning of the year, you were like, oh my gosh, Memphis, watching Memphis's offense is like punishment for crime. Like it, 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 it was, was the the worst thing to watch in all ugh, of college basketball this year. It was brutal. I, I mean, I, I straight up did not have a good time. <laughs> it was literally like when you're having a bad day, you're like, why don't I just, you know, 
put the put the cherry on top. I'll just watch <laughs> Memphis offense. I'll watch Memphis's film. Like let me just let me really cement this place. So um yeah, I don't know. All right. No, number seven, who you got? I can't do it any longer. I'm taking Mark Williams. Yeah. I that that's who I thought you were gonna take two picks earlier. I was. I was looking at it and then I was like, let me give Jeremy some love because also like every time now I see his name, I'm thinking of the Pearl Jam song, Jeremy. But Mark Williams, what a guy. Just, just you know. He's perfect. If Jalen Duran could lift the building, <laughs> Mark Williams could reject it. No, <laughs> he could block it. Um, I'm interested to see where he goes, Metcalf. I think he could go a little early. I think someone's going to fall in love with him. I don't know. So where, where do you have him right now? I have him at 11. So him and Duran are back to back for me. I have him at 13. I didn't feel great about it. So I felt for, like I was for, cheating on him. So for people who haven't watched all tape all year, like we have though, you know, that's why we're here to help them. Yes, and they've only seen the interactions these last couple of weeks about the inflammatory statements about how, absurd it is to like mark williams over jalen duran i don't think it's that absurd um do you no not at all why um i think it's legit i know that we just both admitted that in our big words we had jalen duran over mark williams if i had to draft i'd probably and i really want depends on where your team is at mentally but if if you wanted the we need a big that's all we need. We need a big, and this team's ready to take off. I would take Mark Williams. If you're like, hey, we need a star. We have time. We have patience. We have, you know, um, the ability to to wait a while. We have some security with our job. I'd take Jalen Duran. It's that simple. But I think Mark Williams, like, it, it, he's going to be ready to roll. Like, he's mm-hmm. going to be a guy that you can't keep keep off the court. I mean, he... Yeah, everyone was like, oh my gosh, his wingspan, he measured so impressive. But I'm like, just yeah. watch tape. Just watch the tape. He 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 ruins people's lives in the lane. Like when you get into the lane and you turn around and it's Mark Williams, you're like, this sucks. And then, and then you, <laughs> you dribble out and you're like, okay, I'm running into all these numbers. But he just plays so hard too. I think he's going to be an impact. I think he's going to be great wherever he goes. He'll also got good hands and, and he's a lob threat. He, I think he's going to be able to switch on people. So um, it won't shock me if he goes in front of Duran on draft night. Will not shock me at all. Um, because I think he's also going to just he's going to interview well. He's going to be a guy that everyone's like, hey, look, safe play. We got a, a guy that's going to be a good center, a good piece for us moving forward. So, what about you? You think it's crazy? No, I don't. Um, and I, I I fully understand both arguments, but I I love Mark Williams. I think he is absolutely perfect. I. I missed the times earlier this year when it was a, you know, realistic that he could fall to the Timberwolves. That's not going to happen anymore. Right. Um, I I think he's one of the best rim protectors in this class. I love the different looks he shows defending the pick and roll. He can, he can, you know, play high. He can play drop. He can, you know, play a really strong cat and mouse game. He moves his feet really well. He's, always on balance. Um, you know, I keep seeing that, Oh, he has heavy feet. I'm like, not really. Like he, he's not yeah. fleet of foot, but w- show me a f- goddamn seven, two center. Who is he? 
is always on balance. He slides his feet perfectly and he compensates for his lack of, you know, let's say foot speed by using his length and making those guys take those rounded out drives to the rim, allowing him to catch up. So he's just, his positioning is so good. His composure is so impressive. Um, That Duke defense was awful this year and he cleaned up so many of their issues single-handedly. It's amazing when you watch the Duke tape that all of a sudden you just see a drive and you're like, oh man, what a bad defensive possession. <laughs> and then Mark Williams just comes out of nowhere and sends it into like the third row. And you're like, yeah, that's 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 yeah. called your defensive anchor. That's called guy that's cleaning up all of this crap. And and Duke's Duke's defensive film is always so annoying to watch because it's just like you you start scratching your head, you get into a dark place because you're like, is this system, is this the player and then you just battle back and forth and you're like because eh, they all they they have times where it looks like they're literally funneling them at mark williams so it's just yeah. also like a, a hat tip to mark williams because he's always just ready to rock there but i love him i, yeah. I well and then, and then offensively i think he's just super low maintenance which i don't think it's enough appreciation where we don't need all these centers stepping out for three and taking guys off the dribble carl anthony towns is not the expectation he is the exception at the just the way that mark williams runs in transition i think is the best out of anyone in this center class uh he gets those early seals he catches everything he dunks everything he'll screen everyone roll hard if he doesn't get it it's like okay whatever let me go reject some the the next five shots at the rim and i'll be happy so you know they're guys like koc are like oh well i think he could shoot I I'm not expecting him to shoot. If he does, awesome. If he doesn't, okay. It doesn't change my opinion of him at all. Yeah, I mean, he's got soft hands. He's got yeah. some good movement. Um, I think he's got some good feet offensively. He's got touch. Like he's he's got touch around the basket. He just checks a lot of boxes. You usually see Mark Williams, the the physical profile type of center, like him. They're just clunky. They're like just a lumbering load down the court. He's quick. He's explosive. He beats guys. Like if you're questioning Mark Williams, go watch him against Gonzaga in the beginning of the year. He was mm-hmm. one of the best players on the court. And that's right. with he Paulo. Was, he was the best player. He was the, the best player on the court. Like, And that's with Paulo was going off yeah. in the first half. Chet had his moments in the second half. Mark Williams was the best player there. Like yeah. I, I watched that game and I, went, I was like, this is if anyone's hesitant on Mark Williams, just show him this tape, like just hand him the tape and be like, just watch this one. Let me know who's the best guy. Cause he was just beating guys up the court, slamming everything, blocking everything. He was just an, an effort and rebounding machine. I, I thought it was a brilliant game from him. And I thought that literally put his flag of like, I'm here. I'm legit. I'm going to be a guy that you need to watch this whole year. And um, I, I just really do think like he's going to be a steal wherever he goes. Yeah. If he slips somehow, there's teams that are playoff teams that are probably going to be like, we're going up to get Mark Williams. Like, yeah, I don't know. You know, the damn yeah, Rudy Gobert rumors today. Like, Chicago, get on your butt and just <laughs> move up and go get him. You found another one that's cheaper. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, in all of our mocks, we have him at, you know, going either 13 or 15 to the Hornets because it, it makes sense. And if that happens, that is an incredible fit both in terms of just value and talent and who he is as a player the transition offense with him lamello miles bridges like good lord and he just he immediately makes that team a playoff team i think 
I couldn't like that fit more. Like it's one of my favorite fits I've think yeah. I've thought of for the last couple of years, just because it's like it's perfect. And he, even at Portland at seven, if Portland yeah. trades down two spots or something, I'd love him in Portland. I would too. It's still the one that I'm like, what if Portland just says, eh, screw it. <laughs> it was Mark. Because it, it, it's just the... Portland is in a spot where they need to get just a guy. They, they you got to get a guy that's going to just hit. It doesn't have to be a home run. It just has to hit. So that's why I'm like, well, Mark Williams makes sense there. Now seven would be very rich. I'd be like, yeah. whoa. Agreed. But I'm like you. If they traded back a couple... Um, Maybe San Antonio wants to hand, and they say, "Hey, we want let us come up, get ahead of New Orleans. We're going to take them. You get down here, you take Mark. Boom, there you go. We're just, you know, me and Metcalf just solved half the draft. So you guys are welcome. You're welcome. That's what we're here for. Well, at number eight, um, this is, you know, in terms of where my board is, uh, probably like ten or twelve spots here of difference. Um, but I'm going to go EJ Liddell. Who I love is that my absolute dream for the Timberwolves at 19. Um, I think the shooting improvements that this guy showed this year were legitimate. Um, he's listed at only 6'7, but he plays like he's 6'10. Uh, I, I get a lot of like Kevon Looney vibes from him, just the way where like Kevon Looney, I believe, is listed at 6'9. That dude looks like he's seven feet tall when he's out on the court. Um Liddell is, I think, the best or one of the best screeners in this class. And the fact that he's added this pick and pop three to his game is legitimate and meaningful for his offensive impact. Uh, He's good on the roll. He's a decent passer. Um, And then he's just an incredible shot blocker, especially at his size. His chase down blocks, his timing on his rotations when he detaches from his guy and rotates over to the block or to the driver. It's always perfect. He's always composed. Um when when I wrote about his his rim protection the other week over at no NBA.com, go check it out. It's free. Um you know, there's this play where he was matched up on Paulo and Paulo goes through his series of like four or five, six dribble moves yes. in the mid post. It's like, okay, Paulo should have lost this dude four different times with his series of spins and crossovers and head fakes. Liddell didn't bite on any of them and then met Paulo at the apex of his jumper and turned it away. It's like, oh my God. So I, I, I love everything about Liddell. It pains me to say that since he's a Buckeye, um, but it, it should just be an even bigger testament to how good this guy will be. Yeah. One of the, uh, it's funny because we were doing this and we got to where I took um, Sohan and I was just staring at EJ Liddell. Cause I was like, if someone, <laughs> if someone had EJ Liddell as one of their favorite Bigs, like I, I get it because I, I love him. I watch. The more you watch, the more you fall in love. Like if he was six ten, I'd be like, oh my gosh, take him in the top ten. Like he'd be, if he was six yeah, nine, I would just be like, he's got to be a top ten player. Like he's so good, and, and it's, it's almost like a, a marvel. It's, you feel like you're hallucinating watching him because he's like six seven two forty, and all of a sudden jumps up and blocks everyone's shot like at the top of the backboard, and you're like, what is going on? Like. You know, what was in that water? Like, it's just, I I love him. I think he's going to end up going somewhere that they're going to be really, like, all in on his specific role. Like, they're going to have a plan right away of, like, right. hey, this is exactly what we need. I keep thinking Charlotte could be the ultimate wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if that will happen, but like I'm drooling just as much as you are as a T-Wolves fan. Like I would love him in Minnesota. I think yeah. it's just annoying because it's so perfect that we're like, if we walk away from the draft and he doesn't go to Minnesota and Charlotte doesn't get Mark Williams, I'm going to be like, I, I need a moment, you know, it's just, <laughs> um, but I really like him Metcalf. I mean, the, every time I watch him on defense, he's just like, this is unbelievable. This guy just keeps amazing me. Like, I don't know. I love him. I, yeah. I really do. Like the more I watch him, I'm like, this is going to be a guy who plays a really long time in this league. Um, and and he seems like a super high character guy, like really smart, really good leader, really well respected. Um, it, it's like it's just like what what else could you ask for? Yeah, I think that's the big deal. Is I think he's going to interview and wow some people. That's why I'm believing idea. he could uh, he could go a lot. I still think he can go lottery and. I know that's weird when you look at the fits and stuff, but I could see some team being like, we were going to go get EJ. Um, Cause you never know. People like tried to go up and this could be a year where you're the trademark is active just because there's so much variance with the boards and players. I don't know. I mean, I, one of his best months this year was uh, January in eight games. He had 18.5 points, 7.9 rebounds, 2.2 blocks, 3.1 assists. Shooting splits, <clears throat> excuse me, shooting splits of 46, 44, 77.8. So, um, and he had a couple months where he's above 80% from the free throw line. So, and you're talking about that from a power forward. I mean, yeah. It's exactly a lethal shot blocker. Yeah. <laughs> if you got him in the top, in the later part of the top 20, you'd be pretty pumped on that potential. Um, so, I, I, I love him. Yeah. Okay. I'm All right. Number nine. Who you got? Oh boy, this is getting ugly. And everyone's screaming right now because there's like, there's one obvious pick and I get who they're screaming for, but I just, okay, I'll do it. I'll take Tari, Tari Eason. Now here's, I have to get something off my chest because we're getting (laughs) to the part of the year where the gloves are off. You know, as Alice Cooper says, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Sohan and Tari Eason are not small forwards. No. So I need to clear that up with some people. Because I love everybody. Like everyone. Everyone listening, I love you. Just if you're driving in the car right now and you're hearing this, I just want you to know I love you. If you're on YouTube, you're watching us, I'm looking at the camera. I love you. They're not small forwards. These are power forwards with the ability to guard multiple positions. So that's why they're in there. That's why they're in this list. Um, And right on cue, karma hits me and my camera goes fuzzy. So thank you. Thank you, podcast gods. Anyways, we're we're focusing. We're having fun here. I like Tari. I'm uh, very intrigued by his skill set. He put up cuckoo numbers in off the roll limited minutes. It's unbelievable when you look at his numbers. Um, as those graphics I've been hitting at, Tari was on a lot of them. Like he was in the top yeah. five in a lot of them. Like, and I was like, oh boy. I think he's gonna go later in the draft and some are ready for, I think he's going to be a guy trending towards the twenties. And I'm not trying to say I told you so, but I'm connecting dots. Like if you, if you watch the shit, sorry, I'm swearing. Screw this. If you watch the shit <laughs> and you connect dots, you can see guys are working out in specific places. So like Tari just came out. He's like, I've worked for these teams. It was like kind of in the lottery to late lottery range. And then all of a sudden it was like, and he has upcoming workouts with these three teams. They were all in the twenties. 
And it's, it was like Minnesota, San Antonio, their second pick, you know, you're thinking like, okay, I could be there. And it was off the top of my head, maybe Chicago, someone right, maybe Memphis. I think it might've been Memphis, but what I'm betting at is like, guys are going to start getting a range of where they think they're going to be on the board or teams are going to say like, Hey, Tari Eason, we think is going to be there. There's get some buzz that he's probably going to be around that range. I like his game a lot. And what I'm getting at is if Tari goes later in the teens in the early twenties, he's going to be in a better fit. He's going to be with a better team to make his game blossom even better. If he goes like, I've seen people saying like, Hey, you should go to the Knicks or he should go to OKC at 12. And I'm like, okay, OKC's. I get it. I understand why you're saying like, let's pair him that, but like, I'm not going after Knicks fans because I love them. Tari needs to have other people take the offensive load from him, I think, early on. And 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 if he has other talent around him, that's when Tari's going to be a heck of a weapon. So that's just my rant. But I really like him. Could play defense. Has the upside. I'm not too worried about the shot. I think it'll be fine. But And he's athletic freak. I just think he's going to the right place. And I think if he goes later his career is going to look a lot better. So there you go, Metcalf. That was my rant. Sorry. Well, for I, how dare you? I, 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 I said I'm, a bad I, word. I, I, I'm a saint on this podcast. And here you are. <laughs> okay. That was the best joke of the year. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I have him at like 23 right now. Um, and that's not because I dislike him or anything like that. I, I think he's a good player. I don't get the top 10 buzz. And if you're taking someone in the top 10, for me, that means that you think this guy has potential like all-star upside. I don't see that from Tari. Um, I think he, you know, his ability to get to the rim is super impressive. His rebounding, his steal and block rates are incredibly impressive. But I think a lot of that is a symptom of just like the really high pressure, aggressive defensive style that LSU played. Um, I thought a lot of his defense was kind of feast or famine. So the highlights, when he does get those steals and those blocks, it's incredibly impressive. It's like, okay, yes, like I love this. But then you see him gamble a lot, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, where where was that? Where? And you just gave him a free layup. Like, that wasn't great. Um, so how he defends once he's reined in a little more, um, I think will be really fascinating. I also think he's a really good passer. Um especially or mainly for his position, but his ability to kind of drive and kick and just find cutters, I think is really impressive. The shot I'm not as sold on as you, the mechanics are kind of funky, but it did improve throughout the year. So who knows? Um, I, I, I really, really worry that he basically doesn't have a left hand. Um, everything yes. he does going to the rim, it's all with his right and he will counter back to his left and then immediately go back to his right. Um, and when he does try to counter to his left, that's when a lot of the turnovers happen. So I don't know. I, I think he's a really good kind of connecting piece in an offense. I don't think he has this superstar upside that some are trying to peg on him when they're putting him in their top five or not top five, top 10. Sorry. Is Tari Eason the same thing you said about Sohan? He's going to make a good team better or is he not there yet you know what i'm trying to say I, I i don't think he's there yet i think he plays even though i really like really sorry get out really like just 
perfect audio. Um, (laughs) Even though I like his passing, I think he plays more with blinders on than Sohan does. Yeah. Where, you know, Sohan has, I think, has better vision, better natural ball movement, where a lot of Eason's passing is derived from the pressure that he puts on the rim. And I just think that lessens a little bit with NBA defense. But I know the counter argument to to that will be, well, he'll be playing with better spacing, so he'll be able to get to the rim easier. So it's a little bit of a Sophie's choice. I think they're really similar players. um, But I, I think the overall just feel on both ends of the floor for Sohan is a lot higher where he does generate those blocks and turnovers, but then he doesn't, they're not just a result of him recklessly gambling as much as Eason did. Definitely a gambling man. Um, I did an episode with Nathan on draft deeper and we were talking about Eason and I was like, yep, he's a gambling man. He, he, he's going to have to really work on that because NBA teams, if he keeps doing that and he gets, you know, he doesn't get a steal. They're going to be like, there's the bench. Go sit. Like we need you to play organized defensive rotation team defense because um, you can't be leaving us out to drive just because you're trying to get a steal. Like we've talked about before, like I'm not sold on the outside shot. Like I don't think he needs to have the outside shot be like the go-to. No, I don't think it's there yet, but it it could be something that like, okay, if it's going, it's going. Cause like you look at his splits, we're doing this with everyone. So I might as well keep the train rolling. Um, February, eight games, 18.1 points, 6.5 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 2.9 steals, 1.4 blocks, shooting splits, 50, 50, 77. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But the three months before, um, you know, his three-point percentage was 31, 20, 35. So, I mean, he's he had a red-hot month, but he can also spray it. And I still think like there's definitely some some parts of his game he needs to work on. That's why I'm saying like, if he went later, I think it's going to be better for his game because he's going to be able to use his strengths better because there's going to be more spacing, more talent around him. The left hand is really something that uh, you can't ever overestimate that. Like, yeah, it is really important because it, it is a mental thing now because it's every time he's on a drive, he's trying to get away from that. He's trying to go back to his right hand. And, and I'm like, I said it with Nathan. I said in the NBA, when they find your weakness, everyone finds out your weakness because it's a copycat league that gets mm-hmm. around quick. And all it takes is one video coordinator to see it on tape and be like, Oh, and then boom, that like the, they find a new play and all of a sudden four teams install it the next week. Like that's mm-hmm. how quick the league is. So he better figure that out. And um, I like him a lot though. Like yeah. throughout all that, I like him yeah, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love if he landed with the Timberwolves. I, you know, he's another one of those guys where, you know, I, I would absolutely love that fit. And I, I just want to circle back to his defense real quick. Cause I know people are losing their minds because block and steal rates are some of the more translatable defensive metrics. And, I'm looking at just Bartorovic right now. Tari Eason had a block rate of 6.5 and a steal rate of 4.6. He was the only player in the country to hit both those benchmarks of at least 4.5 or at least six for block and 4.5 for steal. I expanded that to Bartorovic's entire database that goes back to 2008. He is one of three people to ever do that. Not bad. The other is the other names. Um, yes, it was. Matisse Thibel in his senior year with a, a block rate of 8.1 and steal rate of 6.6. That dude was a freak. Yeah. Um, and then 
Damian Johnson from Minnesota in 2008 and 2009. He did it twice with a 7.6 and 4.7 and then 9.3 and 4.5 respectively. Um, so I'm not saying that that's not going to translate for Eason. I, it very easily could. I'm just more intrigued as to what he looks like as a defender in a more reserved role, because I, I would be really surprised if NBA teams are like, Hey, just go wreak havoc, go jump every passing lane, go chase every single block. Um, because they're not going to, because teams, like you said, it's a copycat league teams are going to pick up on that real quick. He could have an incredible first month doing that. And then teams are going to pick up on that real quick and be like, Hey, fake this DHO and then back cut him and he's toast. Or, Hey, when you, pivot to the middle he's going to be there waiting for you just make that kick out to the wide open corner shooter so i'm just really intrigued to see how he develops as a more kind of conservative and reliable defender when he's not able to just constantly wreak havoc yeah i think him getting in the second half of the first round would be the best thing for targets i really agree and i know everyone's like no charlotte's not going to pass him up twice i'm just telling you i i Charlotte, he would be awesome if he clicked because that team would mm-hmm. be so electric because they would just be transition demons. Yeah. But I still think like Atlanta, I'd love them. Um, I don't know, like I'm, I don't think Houston makes sense if they take Paulo early. But um, Minnesota, San Antonio would probably jump all over them. They'd be like, "Hey, we'll take a gamble. We'll figure yeah. them out." Like that's exactly what we need in the front court. Denver, who knows? So that's all I'm saying. But um, all right, all right, talk and about no, and number ten way more than I thought. So. <laughs> All right, number ten. I, I'm. It's pretty easy for me. Christian Coloco. I have a. I have a first round grade on him. I um, love you. Sometimes <laughs> you just really make my day. You're welcome. Um, so I. The, the the thing that really stands out to me with Coloco is when he was on the court, opponents shot forty nine point nine percent at the rim. Incredible number. But when he was off the court, that number jumped by ten percent. That's an incredible differential, and it shows how important he was to their defense. I also wrote about his rim protection over at NoSealandsNBA.com. It's free. Oh, you're free on free to fire, my I'm killing it, man. I'm making up. I, I, I've been slacking the last couple of episodes, so <laughs> I'm making up for it. Um, but a lot of the clips that I used were him making multiple rotations in the same possession and never biting on the first fake. It was always, okay, just just track the ball and don't bite on the fake when the ball leaves the hand then i go up and then i swat it away so i i think he's an incredible shot blocker but he's in, an incredible shot deter at the rim where guys get in there and they want nothing to do with him because they know they can't fool him and i think that's so important and the way he moves his feet is really similar to mark williams where he's just always on balance he's always pushing guys wide um so i i, I think from day one he's going to be just a really good defender. Um, and I am taking zero stock into that combine shooting performance. Yeah. I, I, uh, I watched Arizona more than anyone. I don't get why people don't love him. I, I love him. Yeah. I, I, I think I've said this all year so people can go back and say it. And I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star, but this is Christian Coloco. Someone take him as a rotation big. Let him get his... He's not done developing. His He's not reached his peak. We have not seen at all what Christian... Like, 
if you watched him his freshman year and saw how much of a different player he's become since then in two years of developing, now he was a junior last year, it is unbelievable the strides he took. And it's not done yet. He has soft hands. He's got really good versatility defensively. Like he can go on the perimeter and hold more than his own because he's got the length and he's got the frame and he's, he's, he's agile. He's quick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you, I, he's not just a good shot blocker. He, he makes shots deter. Like he, he messes your shot up. Like he knows yeah. how to disrupt people's shots and angles. He's a hard worker and, and he, he keeps putting on good weight every year. Cause he was thin when he came in as a freshman, he was playing limited minutes off the bench, but I saw him and I was like, this kid has something like this kid has some really special, like upside. Uh, it'll be amazing if, if he finds it. And then he just kept buzzing and kept getting better. And this year he just really blossomed. Yeah. But, um, he, he's got pillows for hands. Mm-hmm. Like they threw him some passes and I was like, man, he makes some tough catches. And, um, I just really do think like someone takes him and just, waits just let him like stick him in the g league for a month let him just get some run put him on the bench as a backup big let him just get his feet wet the first year i think this is a guy that like second or third year christian coloco is playing crunch time minutes in a playoff series and we're like shit coloco we just made a humongous block to end the game and then all of a sudden it's just like the confidence takes off and this kid sticks and is a a really nice piece i'm not saying he's ever gonna be an all-star I'm saying yeah. this could be a guy that's, you know, your seventh guy that's coming in and, you know, you're, you're rooting against this team in the playoff series and you're like, shit, here comes Coloco. All he's going to do is come in and block three shots. Like March, end of the year, 15.3 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2.2 blocks, 73% from the field, 77% from the line. I, I just, you know, he started out the year. He had 16.2, 7.5 and 3.5 blocks. Like the dude has awareness and, and it's not just like, Oh, I'm seven foot. I can block stuff. He, he watched the Michigan game. Like when they played at Vegas, he I was going to get, no, I mean, we should make you do it again. And if you ever <laughs> give me lip, but like he goes against Hunter Dickerson and, and everyone was like, Oh, like Coloco might struggle. Cause Dickerson has so much weight on him. Coloco was like coming from the elbow with authority rejections. Like he was just possessed. So I love him. I, I, he's going to end up going in the second round and I'm going to roll my eyes, but I I still think someone's going to like Toronto's going to take him, and then he's going to become a hall of famer. All right. Well, so, so some names that we didn't mention, uh, Kendall Brown, Walker Kessler, Nikola Jovic, Ishmael Kamagate, Jake Laravia, Josh Minot, uh, Musa Diabate, uh, Justin Lewis, Jabari Walker, um, Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Um, you know, the, the, those are a hand, tra, tra, Travion Williams as well. Um, those are a handful of players that could easily hear their names called on draft night. Anything meaningful or insightful to say about any of them? Um, I, I, did you bring up my guy that I haven't told you? I'm starting to get really intrigued by. I think he's going to be a sleeper. Did I bring up the guy that you haven't talked to me about? I, I, I don't know. Musa. So that, oh, yeah. No, I love Musa Diabate. I, I've had him as a fringe first-round guy for most of the year. I think he's going to be a freak uh, defensively. 
after he said, I'm staying in, I said, Musa, you're going to make me fall in love. And then I started watching his film again. Yeah. I was like, someone's going to steal him in the second. Yeah. If they don't steal him in the first. I was just like, I just think that's that's exactly like, I don't know. That's that's who I think. Coloco's the center stretched out skinnier version, but Musa is the, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I play my butt off. Yeah. And, that I think someone's going to develop him. Memphis is going to get him and be like, "Hey, we're we'll unleash him in two years." Yeah, that that's the big thing with him is that he just doesn't know what he's doing yet. Yeah, um, maybe may, may the highest motor in the draft, incredible physical tools, great rebounder. I think once that game slows down for him mentally, um, he he's going to be a defensive monster or, or, or really early in the season. Um, I I did a hot take episode, um, and I was like, well. Are we sure that Musa isn't Michigan's best prospect? I think he is. Just saying. So. Can, we, can I ask one last thing? We're going a little long today. So can I ask one last thing? Because we haven't talked about this guy. How do we feel about Jalen Williams? Not Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Um, I'm a little I puzzled. Because I, I thought he was going back. I, yeah, I don't get why he didn't. That Arkansas team would be nasty. And they're going to be nasty. But like with him going back, they would be like maybe title favorites. Um, I don't love that. The charges. My center's primary <laughs> defensive skill is grabbing his dick and falling over. <laughs> okay. But I think, I mean, that was, that's the soundbite of all soundbites. I hope someone's <laughs> still able to drive after laughing that hard. Um, no, but I'm serious. I know it's a, oh, it's a testament to his, to his rotations and his feel and his awareness. Sure. To some extent, it's also a testament to how much he flops. And I cannot stand that. He has zero rim protection. Um, I, I, th- I really like him offensively, even though the shot wasn't really there. I think eventually it gets there. I think he's a really creative kind of uh, passer and scorer out of the short role. Um Really crafty on both ends of the floor. High feel, really smart player. Um, I just, I, I think he moves his feet well defensively. I just don't know what you do with a guy like that as your primary rim protector. He's so fascinating because I watched him and I was like, go back. And then he didn't go back and I was like, why? Like, you could have gone 20 spots earlier than you might go. Like, I, I was, I don't know. Um, Cause he has some good little, I like some of the stuff he does defensively. Like he does a good job of baiting passes yeah. and then he, he jumps passing lanes and that's pretty rare for a big, like he has that mobility to like, kind of like, yeah, really, I'm digging, really but really I'm coming well. back. Yeah. yeah. Like, and some point guards and guard and people throw up dump offs, but he's like, I want you to throw it. And then he comes right back and steals it. So it's like, um, just toying with them. The I, I, honestly, if he just like used verticality, instead of falling over every defensive possession, I would probably have him 15 spots higher. He has some flashes of it, but I get it. And and the charges do bug me, but he also has somewhere he goes straight up. It's just, I, there's just guys ahead of him. Like I, I, I'd take Musa. Oh God. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. I would, I would take Musa. For, and I love Jalen 20 spots higher. I love the idea of Jalen, but it's not there yet. It's no. an idea. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Folks, I apologize for the vulgarity at the end of this episode. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Rocker, please plug away. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, I am always at noceilingsnba.com. And um, 
Thank you guys all for the support with the draft guide and the merchandise every day. It's been awesome. It's been incredible. It's incredible. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been badass. Most importantly, thanks for checking out the podcast because me and Metcalf talk every single week about like, we, we might say it three times. I'm like, this is just great. This has just been a blast. Like we're, we're loving it and we're, we're going to keep doing it. So um, on Twitter, you can find me at Tyler underscore Rucker or backcourt V. Um, you know, depends on if I'm having a good day or not. And then um, I'm pumped up. I mean, it's just unbelievable. 16 days, 16 glorious days, almost 15. Metcalf, let them know. I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find our draft guide and a whole bunch of merchandise over at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com. The support you guys have given us has just, it's honestly been overwhelming. I, I hope you all know that it has not gone unnoticed or unappreciated every day as a group. We're just overwhelmed by the the support we've gotten as this being our first season together. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. Feel free to just hit that subscribe button. It's 100% free. It gets delivered directly to your inbox every time something is published, which is a daily basis. You can follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba and find us on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.